Reconstructed Man Podcast. Welcome to our fourth episode. My name is Lane Ingram, and I'm really excited today because Harry from Home Alone is hosting the show with me today. Oh, wait a minute. That's Daniel. My bad. What up, Hanley? What up, homie? What up? He caught me, threw me off guard with the hat. I was like, is that Harry? Am I Marv today? I didn't know. My oh, bad. ruthless. That what's, was pretty what's ruthless. What's going on? That was really, you could have given me doing? a heads up that you were going to just like burn me in the first opening minute, but okay. You could have gave me a heads up that <laughs> I was supposed to be Marv today. <laughs> Come on. Listen, uh, it snowed all day yesterday here. So I, I am, I, this is like the season of leisure. This is like whatever you need <laughs> yeah. to do to be warm, cozy, comfortable, and kind of look good doing it. That's like the COVID season, you know? So. No, seriously, I did think about you earlier today because I was like, man, I don't feel like doing my hair. And I was like, I wish I had one of those little caps <laughs> that dude wears, right? And then here you come. <laughs> I got a bunch. You know, I, you know what? I, I will send you one out. I've got a bunch. I don't know. I got to yeah. figure out what color is going to look I think that might be an okay look on me. Anyway. Yeah, I think you could do it. Anyway, so how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. A little tired, but uh, I'm on vacation this week from my day job. So uh, so that's exciting. Okay. Take some time. I'm building I'm building a lot of stuff at my house right Ooh, now. What I are just you building? Built a, uh, I built, we have a projector in our living room. And so I built a frame around where the TV goes. And then I put up wood wall planks across the whole wall. It's amazing. So like, maybe uh, I'll share a picture with you. Yeah, please do. What, like it's like, like a feature wall. We're like fancy. It's like gray washed wood and stuff. Oh, and then it like frames your big screen yes, TV. Yes, it frames the frame. Oh, yes. oh that, that's really fancy. So then it you can put on, fancy. like during the holidays, you can do the, the fire, the like, you know, recorded yes. fire or, you know, whatever. It could be a piece of art now on your wall as well. Yes. Okay. And I also got a new surround sound system. And so it's just, it's like a, it's an experience now down there. So, so things are going good. I'm pretty happy. So you're watching a lot of movies and playing a lot of video games. Actually, you know, I'm not playing a lot of video games right now, but we are watching a lot of movies and uh, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So exciting. All right. Anything new with you? Anything new with you? I'm taking the week off too, so um, I'm debating what big project to take on. But right now, I'm in the middle of like, um, like renovating myself, like rejuvenation and rest for a minute, and get balanced again, and take baths every day. That's where I'm at right now. But probably maybe Tuesday or Wednesday is gonna is gonna start the projects again for me. So. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Nice. I, uh, I'm trying to get used to or trying to do better with not doing anything, you know, like making myself not it's feel hard. like I have to be productive. Yeah. Um, because you don't always have to be, and that's a really hard thing to, um, it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to work on this week. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not doing well today, but you know, it's going to happen. 
It is going to happen. It's going to happen. So let's see. I guess the the only last thing I'd say was November 20th Mm -hmm. was my birthday. I turned 40. Um, Oh, yeah. That was a big day. Big day. Yeah. And that's awesome. And so I also get to share that day with um, Transgender Day of Remembrance, which, you know, is just to me just another sign that I think is, you know, I, I love it. I love hate it. You know, I hate that we have to have that day, um, but I love that my birthday gets to fall on something so special because it reminds me every year um, of how lucky I am um, and how, you know, how thankful I am for, for what I have. So Trans Day of Remembrance, we just missed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was uh, it was a big week last week, I think, for a lot of people that we know. And it was a big week for us launching this podcast um, and intentionally focused around Trans Awareness Week. Um, For those people that don't know much about Transgender uh, Day of Remembrance, it is uh, every November 20th, every year we celebrate it. Um, In 1998, a person, a beautiful person named Rita Hester was murdered um, November 28th, 1998. And a year later, her friends uh, and others chose November 20th to honor her murder, uh, but not only hers, anyone else that is transgender or gender variant that is murdered um, because of anti-transgender hatred and prejudice. You know, and Rita wasn't the first and obviously hasn't been and won't be the last, um, but she did spark international outrage. Um, And, you know, for the last 20 years or so, her family has to relive this every year, um, sort of. But what she's done is is started, is raise awareness that, transgender people, trans women, um, are being murdered and killed just because they exist. Um, and her murder was a tragedy and it was brutal. She was stabbed 20 times. Um, the investigators, um, or the investigator reports talk about how there was blood everywhere, all over the walls. There was, um, blood on the floors. Um, and it suggests and the doors, the locks were intact in both the front and the back. And so it suggested that she let the person in. And this is somebody that's just that was just murdered brutally um, mm-hmm. for being who they were. And one of the things that really struck me from that story, so we're back in 1998 and they were saying how the police don't clean crime scenes. You know, the there's specialized companies that come in and take care of that stuff, but it costs thousands of dollars and our family couldn't afford it. And so they had to do it. What? Um, that doesn't even make sense. It's, That's yeah. crazy. And um, it's just uh that's that's how this started, and it, and it's tragic. Um, but all these deaths are tragic. Mm-hmm. They're tragic every single time. Yeah, and and what's so sad is that we keep losing transgender people every year, and that number goes up. Just this year alone, we lost three hundred and fifty transgender individuals to violence globally. Three hundred and fifty. Every single year, we're seeing that number increase, and that's just not acceptable. Uh, 98% of those that were murdered were trans women or identified as trans feminine. So I think right there, that's telling us that we have a huge problem with femininity and the way that it's viewed as something that's weaker or less than 98%, 98%. So, um, definitely a, a pretty significant margin. I don't even know if it's considered a margin at that point, um, when we're looking right. at those numbers. And then in the U S we've seen that 79% of people of color are those trans individuals that have been murdered. So 79% of people that have been murdered because of their gender or, or their gender identity also are people of color. So 
we all know we have a race problem in this country, but I think that what we're seeing now too is that we have a race problem and a trans problem and the intersectionality of those two is devastating. In preparation, you know, for trans awareness week, um, you know, we had our show and then there were some things I was doing for work and then in preparation for this show. And so if you were to do a Google search, if you type in black trans women, the first 15 things that come up are articles about women that have been murdered, black trans women that have been murdered. Right. There's the first 15 things. And it is just like, it's, it's happening. I mean, it, and those numbers, I mean, I'm not shocked. I mean, trans women of color are being murdered at alarming rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear that 350 globally, um, trans, trans people is, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to hear. It's hard and it's unacceptable. Um, it, it just can't be this way anymore. And there, there needs to be more work done. Uh, there's a lot of ways that all of us can get involved. Uh, we're going to talk about this a lot on the show when we mention um, a, a lot of these issues. Um, but you can donate your time, you can donate your energy, you can speak up and speak out against hate, any kind of hate, uh, especially towards the trans community now that you are learning more or you're more involved uh, as an advocate or an activist. Um, speak up. Um, here's a really interesting, good story on this note um, of getting involved. Um, Lane, have you heard of uh, Cayenne Dora Show? I have not. Okay, so this is a, a really interesting story. Um, my wife introduced me to uh, this organization called Glitz. Uh, I believe it's out of New York City, and the founder, Cayenne Dora Show, um, she has been um, a huge uh, and prominent trans activist and trans community builder for a while in New York City. She really works to identify that vulnerable population of trans um trans individuals and black trans individuals and realizes how sensitive and precious that community's lives are, um, not only because of murder and violent crimes, but also because of self-induced mental health issues, homelessness, um, addiction, suicide. Um, There's a lot of different issues impacting that group of of folks. And so Cayenne, um, in June, uh, put out a, um, a fundraiser where she was really hoping to to, I think receive seventy five thousand dollars in in the week in, in this first week that she um, put out the fundraiser and the idea was is that they wanted to help not only that community but be able to actually build a center and to build that center they needed some startup money and one month a month later after she put out a call for seventy five thousand dollars that organization actually received over a million dollars in donations which wow. is just like mind blowing to think about um, wow. There's people that want to help that know this is a problem, um, and there's really, really great folks that are leading the charge right now to get more um, education out into our communities and to to build not only awareness, but to build the resources that are going to be necessary to turn these numbers around. It's education, it's support, um, it, it's uh, policing, it's healthcare, it's it, it's all sorts of things that need to come together. It's not just one solution, not just one organization. Uh, so what Lane and I are going to do is, if you're watching this on YouTube, in the comment section, there's going to be a number of resources that we've identified. It's not uh, an end-all, be-all list, uh, but it is a good place to start. So if you want more information, if you want to donate, um, if you're just new and you're learning about this, or or you'd like to figure out how you can help, we're going to put a list of resources there so that you can carry on the conversation after today's show. Absolutely. That is a great story. I mean, and you said something at the end that, you know, it is about 
all these organizations, you know, coming together, what can we do? Um, I love that, that, that she was able to raise a million dollars. Yeah. She's getting some great attention. There's a a beautiful GQ article on her right now. So I'll make sure that we link that as well. So people can check that out, but some really, really good things um, coming out of some horrific stories. Uh, so the work is being done, uh, but we could use every audience member that's, that's tuning in, listening to get involved and to get others to get involved. And that's how we're going to heal this crisis. And I think now's the time. I mean, it's happening. There's a lot of, there's a lot of voices out there. We had our show about first, right? Senators, legislators. I mean, now's the time. So, you know, 2020 has been kind of suck city, you know, with the pandemic. Not kind of, has been um, <laughs> full Leading on. up to this election, right? But yeah. like maybe 2021 is where, um, especially if Georgia, um, if Georgia's able to flip, maybe, maybe 2021 is the start of really, you know, a new age and yeah. how we look at things and no pressure, Georgia. And, no pressure at all, Georgia. None at all. I mean, like some pressure though. I mean, like some pressure. <laughs> No. Healthy pressure. Like, show up. Yeah. Healthy <laughs> right. pressure. Uh-huh. Like some pressure. I did sing to them last week. So like some pressure. <laughs> you did. I think we've raised a little bit of money because of that. So so that's good. Maybe we should <laughs> we we should do some karaoke fundraising for Georgia. Right. <laughs> Something. So yeah. Well, we look. At the very beginning of this, we told everybody that the reason why we wanted to do this show was because we wanted to talk about what it meant to be a man to us. That's, you know, the baseline premise. We want to reconstruct what that means in society. We want to talk about, you know, the various spectrums. Where do we fall? How, you know, what is a man supposed to be? How do we live up to that? But I think we both think it's important to talk about how we got to where we're at. And that's kind of the main, the main point of today's show, right? Genesis. How did it all start? Mm-hmm. Um, and when did we know that we were trans? Um, and how did we know? Do we remember the first time? What did it feel like? Um, and the many different layers and circumstances and situations that have happened um, to get us to where we're at is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I'm always Kinda excited. Scared. I'm always excited to hear what you have to say because our stories are so different, right? So I think anytime we talk to each other, we always have questions. We're always learning. Uh, I'm still learning from what you share with me because it is such a different experience and coming to. And I think it's important for people, whether you identify as trans, you're coming into trans existence, or you're, you're someone that doesn't know this experience personally, to be able to hear the variations of stories uh, when it comes to, you know, coming out or recognizing or whatever the the circumstances um, because we all do have pretty personal individual stories a lot of overlap for some of us but uh you and i have a a huge degree of separation when it comes to i think when we both knew or knew and then took on the identity of being trans um you want to start even oh go ahead Well, I was just going to say, and then even how long, you know, you've been in it, you know what I mean? And the age, the age difference from when we started to, I mean, weren't you guys, weren't you like on a horse and buggy back then when you were doing it? Because like, (laughs) now we can drive. You'd be like doing this for like 40 years. I'm kidding. But I mean, it is the, it, it is so different, but there's things that you say 
you know, on this, I had a discussion last week and something somebody said was, you know, our experiences are so different, but also shared mm-hmm. because there's, there's things that only we can understand and there's moments, right. That only we're going to, that only we have had. And so, you know, we might have them at different times or in different ways, but there's certainly shared things that make it so we can understand how important it is to, to stand with each other behind each other in front of each other, mm-hmm. you know? Certainly. Yeah. It's a beautiful way to put it. And I think that's the human shared experience of we're so different and we're so alike and those differences are beautiful just as much as what we have in common and what we understand together. And for those people that are listening to us that don't have a trans background, a trans experience of their own, sometimes what I feel gets in the way or becomes challenging is that uh, cis individuals may not know how to talk about the experience of a trans person. And maybe they're curious, but don't always want to ask questions. And so we're going to ask each other questions and put that information out there so that you can learn in a passive way and maybe get better (laughs) at knowing what is comfortable and okay to talk about or having more of uh, some definitions at your fingertips and um, a bit more understanding, maybe a little bit more to to root yourself in and feel more confident engaging in, in these conversations with a trans person or maybe around the dinner table at Thanksgiving dinner when someone is saying something really stupid and ignorant and you feel like you want to defend trans people and queer people around the world. So hopefully this will be a tool and a show for some of you to be able to engage in that work too. Exactly. So I'm curious... I know obviously a little bit about your story, but like I said, I'm always going to learn more. So let's start at, at that root question for you of when did you know that you were trans? You know, I, um, I think I decided in 2017 that I hate this question. (laughs) I mean, I think, and I don't think that I'm the only trans person in the world that thinks that, but I mean, Because on the basis of it, right, there's a bit of pressure that, like, you have to be able to give people an answer. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in, um, when I think about it for me, when did I know, like, I think there was a number of when did I knows, right? If I had to pinpoint the one, like, the one where it clicked, I guess... I guess if I could always tell myself to go to the one where it clicked, that would be my answer. But there's so many different layers to this, Mm -hmm. to how, you know, like there's things that happened to me when I was seven, but didn't manifest till I was 36. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I've only been in this. Okay. Now four years, I've been in this four years where, you know, I started therapy in 2016 and knew that I was trans. Like it clicked for me in 2016 but I'm only four years into, you know, taking hormones and living this way and change my pronouns and going by that at, at work. And so there's a lot of realizations that of things that I'm remembering ha- that happened to me or that um, have a, a, that affected me. Um, mm, like- so that's why I hate this question, sort of, because when you when somebody asks you, they want you to say, well, I knew at this moment because of this, this, and this. And for me, um, it was a struggle. Like, 
the way that I was brought up, trans wasn't a thing. I didn't know that that existed. Okay. And if I didn't know it existed, it was like in the bad way of like trans women, which they weren't called trans women to me when I was a kid, it'd be like, you know, those, um, sex workers Mm -hmm. or however people, you know what I mean? Like that would be my, whatever, that wasn't a thing that you could be or anything that you would aspire to be. So just making your way through life, but things aren't right. Something is off. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I hate my body so much? But that wasn't in the realm of my thinking. So I wouldn't be thinking trans. If somebody had talked to me back then, maybe I would have known, you know? So, so let me ask a, 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 a bit of a probing question then. And, and I don't mean to offend you if I, if I go down a, a road you don't want to go down. But, and to the folks that are listening that may not know this, transgender and gender identity is different and exclusive from sexuality. But for yes. those of us that are trans and maybe don't know it or are struggling to identify as trans we sometimes either by ourselves or others get merged into the the gay lesbian community because if we don't know that our gender's off but we're attracted to how we feel is the opposite sex but it's same sex then you know i know that was part of my existence was being adopted into the lesbian community and the gay community did you have a similar experience to where before you understood it sounds like you were trans you were going down the path of being identified as lesbian. Yeah. I mean, so th- again, let's talk like, that's another sign to me that as a grown up person who realized that they were trans, like I can look back and see why I had such a visceral reaction to lesbian, mm-hmm. like the entire time. I mean, I never wanted to be called that never felt like one. Do you know? And, but I couldn't explain it because trans wasn't a thing in my world. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I, I liked women only, <laughs> you know, I liked women and that was, that meant that I had to be gay, you know, I had to be a lesbian. So I had to come out as gay, which was the worst, you know, um, and, and, and wasn't right, but I was with women and that's who I was going to be with. And that's what I had at the time. I mean, so. So confusing, yes. isn't it? To It is. To, to feel like you're different and then the only yeah. box that you can go into is a box that yeah. you're like, but I'm different than this, but I and don't I'm know what else them. it is. Yeah. I don't know where the other box is. Where's my other right. choice? Yeah. And so then I met somebody who was trans. I met somebody who was trans, you. And this is a true, true story. Like when you told me, I was shocked like most people, right? But it just, it was like freaking finally something makes sense. Like even, you know, that last, the year or so before that, I mean, I was really struggling. I mean, just like, you don't want to see yourself naked. You don't want to be naked. You don't want to, it, like I had gotten to the point where it was just starting to feel fake, you know, like, um, I had always got gotten close from the men's department and I was okay with how I looked, but like at a certain point, it just is like, what are you doing? You know, like you don't look how you want and like, you shouldn't not want to see yourself. And I know a lot of people have body image problems, but you know, it goes a step further. And so meeting you, it clicked. It was like, that's what the pro that's what it is. Like, you're just like, it's just not right. Like there's nothing you can do except for figure out how to get to be you. And like that moment that it clicked was like the, the first moment of clarity about my actual self that I can remember. Mm. 
And at that point, was it zero to a hundred? Was it, I'm transgender, I'm a female to male individual and I'm making the change tomorrow? Or was there process time? Was there, you know, um, like a kind of a gender non-conforming identity that, that you had to go yeah. through first, you know, through the, the transition or, when, or what did it look like? Yeah, for, for me, well, one, I'm a Scorpio, but two, when I, when things, when things hit me or I've decided something or I understand something or something clicks, I mean, that's, you know, I'm pretty there. Like I knew now. And so once it made sense, I was like, okay, that's what I have to do. So it, it began, it became, what do I have to do next to, to start this emotion to do it right. Right. Like mm-hmm. that they're talking to my partner about it. Right. Like I got to tell you something, um, you know, figuring out therapy and how that works so I can understand. Right. Because it took me another four months, four or five months before I told anybody outside of my partner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was some fear. It was some, um, you know, just worry. Cause the last time I came out and also this, this felt bigger. It felt, it felt bigger because it was finally right. I think, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, but also a bit drastic in that, in what you were going to be asking people to do. Um, there wasn't any in between for me though. Like once I knew and understood, mm-hmm. uh, it was like, yes. I mean, and I don't know how else to say it, but like, look, like, look at me. Like, don't I look like what I was supposed to look like? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to help that translate, but it just is better. And I had an awesome life before this. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I wish things would have gone a little differently or been earlier, but like I had an awesome life. I, mean, I had an awesome career. I went to college for free. I was an amazing basketball player. Like I've had great jobs. I've, been in good relationships. Like I had an awesome life, but like it was it still wasn't right. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what I mean by look at me. Like it's different. Like yeah. you could see the first 35 years of my life and be like, wow, what an awesome life. I'm like, it was fine. But like this, yeah. this is, this is where it's at. I was just going through pictures the other night on my phone and I had come across maybe three photos of you from, mm, must have been five years ago, like right before, because we only knew each other for a hot minute. And then you were like, I'm trans too. And then you were transitioning. <laughs> it wasn't a very long period it of time. In the grand like scheme hot, of things. It wasn't a hot minute. <laughs> it it was, so... There was a, there was a, you know, in, in, it, yes, it was a short amount of time, I would say from yeah. the time I knew you mm-hmm. and into the time that you transitioned. But yeah. there was a, you know, I had a few photos that just really were shocking. It was it was like mm-hmm. that wasn't that long ago in your life and my friendship with you that that's who you were. And you look so different now. And I would agree from an external perspective as someone that isn't you, um, you just look like you. You just look like the human being that was underneath the surface that couldn't figure out how to get out. And what happens, right. I think, to people when when that occurs is there is a there's a glow or a depth to the eye. There is just a recognition and a pride of feeling you are who you are to the rest of the world, and you have You're that better. Now. 
you know you just You're have a better version of yourself mm-hmm. you, you know it's easier to be it's easier to be a, the best version of yourself if you like it mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i liked myself daniel i mm-hmm. did enough yeah. enough to make it i wrote about that in one of my blogs one time you know like you can do okay and be fine mm-hmm. what, right? what, it, what struck me is really unique to you or it was just really surprising and it took me a minute to process when you came out as trans to me it blew my mind because you were the most confident person i think i had ever met you you're just someone that walks into a room and you're very confident in what you're going to tell someone you're very confident in your opinion and and you usually think your opinion is right and and you just you 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 come in with that you lead with it and but you're also really confident that if you if you want to pivot and you are going to change your response or someone made you reflect like you're absolutely willing to admit that in the moment as well you just have a certain essence of pure self-awareness and so when when you first told me that you thought you were trans as well and i think at that time you even said i don't think i'm like you i think i'm somewhere in the middle i think this was maybe a couple weeks after i had come out to you and you were still processing you weren't totally female to male oh in identity in your head yet and and i'm but, remembering but even in that moment i was like have you always known and you're like no and i'm like how yeah. could you of all people in my life yeah have something um that important about who you are not be present in your self-awareness when you are so self-aware about everything else like Mm -hmm. didn't matter what it was it didn't matter if it was controversial if someone had a negative opinion about it if someone didn't like you you didn't give a shit so it was really like wow this like this like the gender identity can really be a a shadow player in someone's psyche for a long time before it actually makes its way into your life and it doesn't have to do with self-confidence that there's all these other barriers yes that you have to get through as uh, as a human in this life to sometimes unpack that and and you really like i just feel like your story so powerfully depicts that it it taught me a lot you just said that because you you reminded me there that you know i remember and you get, you taught me a lot about the spectrum, you know, and to even start to go research what that really meant, you know, and where people could fall and how you don't have to pressure yourself to be so, to be one thing or the other. Um, I mean, my upbringing is the reason for that. That's 100%. And it manifests itself in my life all over the place. I mean, I have a naivety about certain things that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't, think of when you think sure. of me right I, I just do like daniel you're right how could i not know right mm-hmm. how could to your point i how could i not know that but like no until until it comes into until it came into my world in a way that i could see it and understand it and see that it was okay mm-hmm. like it then it clicked and like yeah then i'm off to the races but yeah, yeah. no yeah it's I love a, that you brought that up. It's a huge reminder to anyone out there that might be struggling with sexuality, with gender identity, uh, whatever it might be about your identity that may not be accepted by not only others, but of yourself, that that happens yes. and that it's okay and that take your time to unpack it and um, 
it's not as simple as someone is just not ready to come out. I mean, that, that means so many things to so many people, so many different things to so many people. Uh, this is just one example. I think it's an important one. I think your story is profound in, in that, that, you know, you did, you had it all and, and you were really rock solid with that. But there was this thing that had a a huge fortress built around it that until you were ready, did it really open up and appear to you in a way that you were ready to, to take it on? And the last thing, because I want to I want to know yours, too. But the last thing I would say to people is, and this is what I believe 100%, I say this every time I get a chance, your set of circumstances is so important. Like, I believe that for me. Like, when I think about the relationship that I was in before, right, there wasn't room for that conversation there wasn't a place for me to grow to see who i was like you were with me for 10 years and you know i have issues you know i there's something off you know that i'm you know presenting in these ways or not feeling you know but like there wasn't the space or the love or the support you fast forward to the relationship that you're supposed to be in and that person is like you know dealing with you in the way that you present and it's like there's something to be said about that too, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is about timing and being ready. But like if something for me, it hadn't entered my headspace. And then even if it did enter my headspace, right? Like maybe I had a fleeting thought about it years ago. That wasn't a safe space to bring it out. Mm -hmm. There'd have been no way. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Yeah. Deep. Wow. Deep. Oh man. Well, geez. I mean, when did you know? Um, I always knew. I just always knew. Before I knew what it meant, I just knew I was a, a boy. I knew I was a male. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to convey that well, because it was something that never, not for one second wavered in my life. And, um, I, you know, this is, Back in, I was born in 1978, so this is, you know, early, early 80s. I'm living in white suburbia, um, Detroit metro area, and I'm I'm living in a uh, a heavily uh, Italian Catholic family. So it, by all means, was 100% unacceptable to to be trans. Um, We... It was 100% unacceptable to be gay. And I had a lot of family members mm-hmm. that over decades time started to come out um, and, and identify as gay and lesbian. But it was it was something that was super hidden and repressed in my family. We had a very, very large family. Uh, so even though I knew in the face of everyone that was around me, it wasn't okay I Hold knew on. enough. Hold on, Daniel. Take mm-hmm. me through. Take me through this though, because I know someone who, as a child, knew they were transgender. Like mm-hmm. one of my really good friends, you, is telling me that. So I mean, you're you're a kid, supposed to be a little girl, but you know that you're a boy, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do you? What do you do as a kid? You know what I mean? Like, how did yeah. you? Yeah. How did you? How did you show it? What did you do? How did you, you know what so I mean? So I, if I showed you, and I can probably get some photos that we can show um, uh, our listeners and viewers, uh, some, some 
images of me when I was very little, probably younger than what you would think a child would actually have advocacy over what they wore. So I do think there may have been some influence by primarily my mother in, I look like a tomboy, but even more so like a little boy. Uh, and so I just, I had short hair, I wore boys clothes, my, my, you know, preschool picture was short hair and a sweater. I could show photos of my youth to, to people that didn't know I was trans and they wouldn't have any idea. It didn't give me away necessarily. Um, but then there would be, but you know, key. You, you were doing that and, and your mom was being like, I have a little tomboy. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. At yep, that point. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I just never, I never questioned who I knew that I was, even when everyone else around me did. It just never, never, not for a split second, ever wavered. And I don't know where that conviction came from. It was just incredibly strong. Uh, My dad shared a story with me uh, because some people ask me, you know, when's your first memory? I have no idea what my first memory was. I just know that every memory was uh, of me knowing that I was a boy. But my dad had shared with me later when I was an adult and uh, I had already transitioned and he was very supportive of that. He shared with me that when I was about two years old, I was driving in a car with him and I was sitting on his lap and I just looked up at him and said, when am I going to stand up and pee like you dad? Don't have a memory of that, but that is just the conception that I always struggled with was when am I going to, mm-hmm. and it never, when's it going to happen for went, me? Right. And, wow. and, and then, you know, puberty hit and then, all the walls came tumbling down and it was, you know, why is this happening? Why can I not will my way into this body that I know for certain after everything that's been put in front of me, I still know is me. Why can't I make that happen? And it it just for, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 years of my life, cause significant mental health issues and depression and um, self-hatred and and then it moved into anger and it moved into self-harm and it moved into harming others that I I cared about that were good to me and it it was a a nightmare I didn't know how to get out of when I finally realized that there were other people out there that were transitioning and that you can take hormones and that there's people that are living healthy lifestyles and I could start to see that, uh, that's when I started to change my life and and went in that direction and and started to get healthier and happier and and realize who I was. But it was a struggle from birth onward. Um, Why, let me ask you this, why... um, Okay, you know how we've you've 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 done the research. I've done the research, right? You see these kids who go through what you're describing, right? I mean, you sound textbook, and I mean that in two ways, right? Like on one hand, some of us would love the textbook of knowing from their earliest memory. I'd love if I could have that, right? Like that's a little bit jealousy. That to me is like, um, you got it, right? But then you hit that point where you didn't have any control and you couldn't do anything about it and, the, and it and your body happened to you. And so I'm wondering, like, what was your life like? Like, what was your support like? Like, how were you how were you presenting during that time before you, you know, what I mean, before you took the steps? 
Mm-hmm. You, like during pre, like during puberty, during high school, how are you? Like, how are you dealing with the fact that your body had changed on you? Uh, well, and let me go back to this too, because because I get your point. I get your point of it, you know, it feeling, uh, you know, there's a bit of jealousy and always identifying as trans. But what that meant for me was that I showed up trans every day. I showed up as a boy every day and not mm-hmm. every day did the rest of the world think that that was acceptable. Mm-hmm. I had the worst things said to me by my best friend's parents. I had, moments where I was forced to wear dresses. My first communion, I was in second grade. I I didn't like church. I didn't believe in God when I was very little because I'd sat in a church that all they did was tell me that I'm wrong and people that I'm sensitive to in this world are wrong too. So I never believed in it, but I had to go through this uh, communion and I had to wear a dress and it was, it felt literally like the death of me. I knew it was coming for years because I watched my sister go through it. And then the months and weeks and days leading up to it were a spiral of horror in my head. And the only way that my my parents figured out was gonna get me through that moment was they, they, they told me that if I wear this dress and I go through communion, they're gonna buy me this Dino G Tour, amazing, beautiful bike, this, this, beautiful white bike with front and back pegs and the the handlebars spun around and I was going to be able Mm -hmm. to ride my bike around and do all these massive tricks with it. And so I just dreamed about that bike every day and every night until it happened. And I got home from that horrible communion and I ripped off that damn dress and got on that bike and rode around for hours. And it was like, okay, I can do this. Like I can endure these moments of horror. I can do it. I've got to have something on the end, you know, but the the life of being trans and pushing society at that time in life was was horrible. You know, I was in fourth grade and uh, and I was in fifth grade. It was a, it was the year before I was going to switch to middle school, a different school. And my school, I, I showed up with a pocket knife one day, a little tiny, you know, this big pocket knife. I showed up at school with it and one of the lunch ladies in the cafeteria saw me showing all my my boyfriends, my my buddies, this knife, and she came running over and grabbed my arm and whipped me down the hallway and put me in the, the principal's office. And the next day, they have my mom come in, and they sit me and my mom down, and they say, this is because, I used to go by the name of Butch, and they said, um, this is because Butch is afraid of men, and is trying to be like the men and is bringing this knife in to, to protect herself. And so we're going to stop that for you and your family. And so they said, from now on, you go by the name of Danielle. And you will not talk to any of your, um, you, need to ha- you need to have more female friends. And I went home that night and I cried my eyes out. And I went to school the next day, like, screw them. That's not going to fucking happen. And I walked into school and I said hi to like three of my friends in the hallway and they all turned like this. And I was like, that was weird. I don't know what that was about. And then I went into gym class and saw a whole group of my friends and none of them would talk to me. And I slowly started to realize very early on in that day that they had all been talked to and were told that they couldn't be my friend anymore. So in an instant, I lost every 
companion, male companion I had growing up my whole life. These were my best friends. These were who I played sports with and video games with. And the trauma of that experience, it still is with me today because I struggle with having male cis male relationships because I lost the art of it then in fifth grade. I went into sixth grade and I had to learn the art of being friends with females. And that was a beautiful thing. It taught me, it taught me so much and it probably saved me in a lot of ways of learning how to respect females and women and know how to communicate with them and know how to be sensitive to them. And, um, and I can get along with almost any female to this day, but you put me in a room of cis men and I'm like the most awkward, uncomfortable dude that there is. Um, so it's something I'm still at, you know, 40 some years old having to now learn, uh, learn the skills of that. So yeah, I get that. You know, it might, some parts of it might seem like uh, that would have been nice to have that identity your whole life, but it comes with a significant amount of trauma. So sure. not to bring the story down, but it's, it's, um, it was, it was hard for me and it was, a, it was really hard for a lot of, a lot of young people during that time. I think it's changing a little bit right now, but you know, 350 people right. globally killed around the world. Like it's still not a walk in the park for any trans person. Sure. Anywhere. No. And I don't, and I don't want to make it seem that way. I think what I would be more, what I, what I, what I would be jealous of is the, is the awareness yeah. if that had happened yeah. to me. My life would be different, yeah. much different. Would I have still been able to play basketball? Would my parents have been able to, to, to come around? I mean, um, yeah, I, I think about, that's what we talked about our shared experiences. You know, mm -hmm. I think about the, the battles with clothing. I think about being forced to wear certain things that I didn't want to wear. Why did I feel like that so deeply and so passionately, right? Like being, things that just, you can't yeah. manifest. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, what I mean is it would have been great to know that there really is something inside you that's, that's telling you that's why, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it might not have helped anything, might yeah. not have changed anything at the time because yeah. You know, we, whatever, but like I, I do. And I think that that's helped some of the kids these days. Right. I mean, there's a, um, a video that just came out, this little girl, I think she's freaking four, you know, she's like, hi, I'm Rose. I'm a transgender girl. Yeah. She's got older siblings. And, um, and it's just like, she knows and she got lucky. She got the right parents, right support system. Mm -hmm. Right. But she knew then, and it worked out for her, worked out in terms of your home, uh -huh. in terms of your support, like that stuff goes a long way. Right. And yeah. you, it, I hate that you didn't have that. That's what I'm, I hate that you would know from before you could know anything yeah. and it couldn't have gone the way that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely jealous of your experience of, you know, mid thirties and, and you know how to negotiate any situation, including a family that may not be very open and responsive at first. Um, I'm, I'm None jealous of us know of, how to negotiate it. Right. No, we're just grown. We just uh -huh. can drive away, you know, <laughs> shit. We just can like, you know, not answer and lock our doors now. You know, we pay our own bills. Uh -huh. We don't know how to negotiate this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. I, you know, but we, there's, it's, I, it's I, a, I think it's a fair point to say that we're all 
in a way, jealous of another trans yes. person's story. I'm jealous of the the four year old that has the parents that are like, let's get you on Me some, too. you know, um, some, some let's give you a dress, some hormone stopping medication right now, so you have some time to think about this. Whatever you choose, I'm here for you. Like, oh my god, mind blowing! Like that would change every single course of your life after Correct. that. But or, I think, yeah, go ahead. Or just like, oh, I love you still. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would right. be yeah oh yeah okay right yeah. do you need to talk about it right now or <laughs> i love you like that's that's also happening these days yeah. like yeah what yeah you know yeah so yeah i'm a little jealous of these kids uh-huh but i think Who's- too you made a good point you know that you know you had said something about that this little girl, you know, Rose, she got, she got lucky. She got the, you know, she got good parents, but I think what creates those good parents is the activism and the education and awareness that is being pushed by the trans community and, and also being supported by just the overall LGBTQ plus community and its strong advocates, because these stories and these voices are letting people know that it's okay and it's a thing and it's natural and we need to support it and it's beautiful and here's how you do it. And I think the more and more and more that we do that, and that's what you and I are trying trying to use our voices for too, bring awareness, bring support, bring people along for the ride. We're going to have more parents and more parents and more siblings and friends and schools and other you know societal institutions that are going to be able to have room and space and recognition and support for trans people because it is hard it's hard uh, no matter if you're born knowing you're trans or if you're 35 when you realize it if you have parents that support you there's going to be people that don't and there's going to be people that don't like you that don't understand you and there's going to be people that try to hurt you and we yep. know that that's a reality today that just has to be stopped agree agree yeah. and it's i mean and it's still always a journey i mean always i absolutely i don't know what i'm going to be like you know 5 years from now um and where we'll be 5 years from now in terms of awareness and activism and laws right i mean i'm i'm really hopeful about the equality act next next year i just really am georgia again i mean just so huge mm-hmm. um but I, th- I think this is interesting i wondered we didn't talk about you did you have to did you go through a lesbian phase i did um same <laughs> thing same thing as you it was it was like you know putting someone's pants on that's 10 times smaller than you and wearing that around every day. You're like, something is just not feeling right about this. I'm so uncomfortable, but I have to say that I'm, were you, but okay, let me ask you this. Were you just like, <laughs> I'm not in a lesbian, I'm not a lesbian couple. Like I'm not. Like, yeah. I'm I was like, always <laughs> embarrassed, but you know, I, I cause I, I knew that that's not who I was. And I would, I would, I was very open about that, but even in the gay community and the lesbian community back in the day, this would have been now late nineties. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm close to being a high school dropout and then a high school dropout eventually. And I had at the same time in my life discovered the gay clubs. Luckily I had some, <laughs> some beautiful gay men, young, young guys in my life that introduced me to the gay club. And that was like, 
oh, here we go. This is it. Like, screw that world. This is the alternative. This is what I want. And I started to live the high life for many, many years. Uh, and it was also when I was being identified as a lesbian, uh, when I would say, yeah, yeah, kind of, but I'm not exactly like you. And they, there wasn't a name for it still. Um, and in fact, there was, there was, you know, there was some blowback from the lesbian community um, when I came out and, well, not didn't come out, but when I transitioned into um, a male, the lesbian community, there was still some, some strife there. There yeah. was, there was, there was an ignorance there. There was an anger. There was a, how dare you? You're not that you're us kind of a thing. Not by everybody at no. all, but it, wow. when it would pop up, it was, it was disturbing. And it was like, wait a second, you're my people. You're my family. You're my community. When no one else understood me, you got me. And now I'm dead to you. What happened? So that was, that yeah. was, did you have that happen to you as well? Yeah, we, um, I remember just real quick on the lesbian thing, like one lesbians are amazing, wonderful people so and true. part of our group. Okay. Like <laughs> we're with you. We're not you with you though. That's what we're getting at. That I'm, <laughs> when I had to live in that life, it was just like, hey, I'm not, I'm not one. Like I'm not trying to be a, I'm not a loving lesbian. Like, okay. Anyway. So we do love you though. In our LGBTQIA plus, we love you. It's not for us. Okay, so, but <laughs> just clear that when up. I started to, okay, let's just clear that up though. Like, okay. but when I started to transition or when I had, um, we had these places we would go, you know, like little activities, little bars and, and the gay scene, whatever. And I remember the first time we went and we looked like a, like just a cis couple. And I remember getting looks yeah. like, what are you are doing you here? here? Or like, you don't, and I just wanted to be like, but like we do, mm -hmm. like, but we do like we, but like I'm, we're, we're part of this group, but there is that, you know, like, cause for so long we've had to keep these spaces so safe, you know, yeah. from outsiders, but yeah, it's, f Ooh, <laughs> I had to bleep that one. <laughs> uh, you're just like, you know, you're feeling some emotion. It's powerful. It's powerful. You can cuss. It's okay. We'll just do a little warning I I can. before that happens. No, actually, this would be the first time I get to work on that bleep thing. I'll try it. <laughs> pretty sweet. Yeah, if you can get that down, that might be helpful for us so we can stop uh, censoring ourselves so yeah. much. Yeah, I think that'd be good. It's still yeah. going to be on the audio podcast. I'll take it off of YouTube, though. Okay. Do that. All right. I think kids don't hear me say the F word. <laughs> yeah. Man, this was something. I, I feel like... I learned a little bit more about you. Um, I really like the whole knowing from the beginning. Um, I don't mean like, but I mean, I, I just appreciate knowing somebody who knew that. Um, and I know that it was hard and I hate that, but I appreciate the awareness and the strength that comes from that. I mean, you just were set up for a lot of pain. You know, and the time, the time of, you know, the the time in the world has something to do with it. Family has something to do with it. Environment. But I mean, I just, I think that's my biggest takeaway today is just, I have somebody in my life that fits that mold, you know, and then you went through all the stuff that kids that are struggling still go through, you know, I mean, I am fortunate to have missed that um, because I would have absolutely hated puberty. I mean, I, I, I feel like when it started to really hit me uh, as an adult, it was like another puberty that I just couldn't stand. 
you know, Interesting. And I couldn't stand as it got up to the top surgery time. So, you know, being a real kid um, mm-hmm. with those kind of emotions and then, you know, the kind of kids that you had to come into. No, I don't wish I had don't wish I had had that. Um, but, you know, that's that's my big takeaway from your story is just a deeper understanding of the the awareness, I think. Yeah. And, and you know these stories are important to share and I appreciate you having the self-determination and the overabundance of confidence as my friend and as a human being to tell your story in such a, a public sphere because of the sole intention that it may help one other person. And you've always said that. And I, um, I feel the same way that you do on that and I'm glad to be able to to host this show for whatever it's worth to that one person that it may benefit out there and if it helps more people then great but if there's one out there that that this story gets to so as one of our listeners as one of uh, our supporters and our subscribers please share this with other people you never know who it's going to help um it's just important to continue to get these stories told that's what changes yep. the world. So tell your story Absolutely. and share these stories. And we hope to have a lot more in the future. Speaking of, next week or in a few days, actually, we're going to be coming up on the Thanksgiving holiday, which to a lot of people that are of trans identities and queer identities can become very tricky and problematic to maneuver with family sometimes. So we're going to be hosting a show. Uh, Our next episode is going to be on family. We're going to have a couple really wonderful, exciting guests that that we're going to be introducing all of you to. Uh, I don't know, Lane, do you want to set it up or do you want to leave it as a surprise for people? I know. So the family episode, you know, this is for, for it to be the fifth episode, this is pretty quick to be bringing in some family. So <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure that you see this episode because I'm bringing in my dad. We'll just call him Big Mike. Big Mike. That's going to be something. Um, it's going to be something. And then we're bringing in my younger sister, Jocelyn, who, um, quick story about Jocelyn, she'll be mad. But when I had to come out as gay, um, I told her, and she cried. It's actually quite funny because she was 16 at the time. And uh-huh. she hates when I bring this up because, like, she's so supportive and loves me and all this stuff. But, like, when I told her as a 16-year-old, she started crying. And it was, like, this whole dramatic thing. <laughs> um, so, Like she was worried about the implications of mm-hmm. your, your oh, yeah. once oh, beautiful yeah. life. Crying <laughs> and sad, disappointed. Yeah, it was great. Like, I love bringing it up because, like, she's the greatest and doesn't care, you know, and so I bring it up all the time. So you have to make sure to give her a hard time. So yeah, talk about, uh, talk about young lane and when they knew and what they knew, um, and why the hell they didn't say anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Family is a thing for anyone trans and anyone queer, uh, at all. And for a, a family member that has someone, uh, that they love that is, trans or queer this show is also for you because uh it's just helpful and for anyone that doesn't have any of this in their life you should just turn in because it's going to be hilarious uh (laughs) it's going to be a wild ride no matter what happens I'm, i'm really looking forward to it and back to your point from before though you know the point of this for me is to help somebody do any whatever it is you're trying to do right and if you can look at me and see that i turned out all right you you can 
you will. You'll be okay. Um, and if if you have if you have it tough with your family right now, right? Like sometimes you gotta get new family. You know, um, if you if you feel like you know you're not gonna be able to get a job, or I mean, you are. You know, you're gonna be strong. You're gonna be happy. And you're gonna be healthy, right? And you're gonna have people in your life that are gonna love you. Um, and that's a message that I want to make sure to say as often as possible, um, because being trans isn't. Um, it's not a deficiency. It's not something that, um, that, that has to hold you back. It's something that can propel you because you will, you will be conf- You'll feel more confident because you'll be walking around as you, right. Once you get to that point. And even if you don't do anything surgically or with hormones, like you making it, taking the stance and, and making the statement of who you are. I mean, that's a big step too. Mm-hmm. And all those little things count. And Dan- Daniel and I, um, we love you and we're here and you can contact us. I mean, so we're real people who, who really care. Um, it's important for me to say that. Yeah. Well said. For sure. And if you want to reach us, it's Lane and Daniel, not Daniel and Lane at Gmail, but Lane and Daniel Lane first, yes. but not not importance or alphabetical lane and Daniel at gmail.com write to us or write in the comments. Um, just reach out, let us know that you're out there and let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. Cause yeah. we, we probably will never run out of things to talk about, but you might need to give us a little bit of direction sometimes to keep us on track. So let us know, let us know you're out there. We'd appreciate it. Exactly. Well, right, I think well, we're uh, wrapping this show up, and uh, I just wanted to, uh, again, just take a moment to commemorate um, a very special day that happened a few days ago, which was um, Lane's 40th, big, big 40th birthday. It was a, a stunning day, uh, beautiful. People are really, really feeling the love and, and are happy that you exist in this, in this world, so... Big, big day. 40 years of me. Big that's, day. That's right. <laughs> this is what trans looks like, people. 40 years of me. I love it. Um, It's going to be great. All right. Yeah. So we our podcast is now available wherever you stream your, your podcast. Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you tune in, wherever you find your podcast, we're there. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen. Like Come Dana to said, YouTube. You want to hear something? Come to YouTube. Yeah, watch us. On you gotta YouTube. watch us. If you're if you're not getting the fact that we're talking about things like laying shirt or our pimples a couple episodes ago, and you really want to see what the hell is going on, tune into YouTube because you can watch us on video and subscribe and select alerts on YouTube so that you know anytime an episode pops up. And if you want to see Daniel looking like Harry from Home Alone, episode this this episode right here. Yes, <laughs> YouTube. The link is right here okay daniel this is fun always fun and pretty emotional today too i appreciate you sharing i appreciate you sharing it got deep a little bit yeah we get deep we get deep and i'm mad at that lunch lady (laughs) yeah find her you go find her all right peace and love talk to you next week